Hello, friends. This episode of Ave Spotlight is brought to you by Forte Catholic. Forte Catholic is one of the top Catholic podcasts today. It's a super awesome weekly Catholic comedy and entertainment podcast hosted by Taylor Schroll with his co-host, Father Anthony Scarappa, John Blevins, and Allison Sullivan. It's think uh, youth group, but for adults. It's super awesome. You can laugh along while growing in your faith by subscribing today on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. In addition, for Catholic talks and reviews on your favorite movies and TV shows, subscribe to their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. F-O-R-T-E Catholic. Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, we are visiting with my friend, Father Dave Dwyer. So excited to have you with us, Father Dave. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks. And I'm glad I'm your friend. This yeah. is cool. I'm really, uh, I'm really putting that into the, I'm going to get like, what's the word? Real existential here. I'm really putting that into the atmosphere that we're already yeah, going to be friends yeah. by the end of this. Hopefully you're like, I like it. yeah, hopefully the vibe is right. But, <laughs> but yeah, but I, we're so grateful Should that be. you're here and I'm so excited to talk with you about your new book, Mass Class, Your Questions Answered, especially you know, share, we were sharing a little bit about ourselves before we started recording and I read about you already, but I had a reversion in high school and mass was one of the craziest things <laughs> for me to start going to and to not have crazy, a million. Crazy, like good crazy? I can't um, tell you crazy, what you Crazy good mean. at the end, but definitely <laughs> okay. crazy in the beginning. I was like, what is happening? So, and I had a million oh. questions. <laughs> I see. And I my see. youth minister was definitely like, oh my gosh, every time Chanel comes up to me to talk, it is a jillion questions. So I know that this is probably very <laughs> necessary for those that are maybe just, you know, dipping their toe yeah. back in and yeah. are also just, you know, maybe have just also been going to mass and praying faithfully for years and years and years. None of us are are far behind from many questions. But before we get into that, I would love for everyone listening is probably like, man, Chanel has said that this guy is her friend. The vibe <laughs> is so great on this episode. I want to hear more about this guy. So would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a Paulist priest. We're, we're the smallest, although the original community of American priests. So here in the United States, the first religious community of priests that was founded in America. And we're pretty small, always been about a hundred or so guys. And yet, because we do work in media like publishing, like Paul's Press, which is the book that I've uh, got out right now, as well as the radio show that I do on SiriusXM, we do tend to, we like to say we make a big splash, even though a, we're, we're kind of loud, I guess, extroverted American priests as Paulists. Because a lot of people haven't necessarily, a lot of people have heard of the Franciscans or the Jesuits, mm. but aren't as familiar with my community, the Paulists. And quite frankly, I wasn't either. I When I start, first started thinking about priesthood, I was in my late 20s. And I, I, I would say to some folks, some Catholics in the know, you know, I worked in television and I worked in radio. And now I think God's calling me to the priesthood, but I'm pretty sure God wasn't just completely up there randomly changing his mind. I wonder if, you know, my background could somehow play a role in my priesthood. And when I would say that, people would say, oh, you should check out the Paulists. They do media. I'm like, who are these Paulists? So <laughs> I, I found out that they indeed. So over the last 16 years, Janelle, I've been hosting a radio show on Sirius XM on the Catholic channel called The Busted Halo Show, where we answer people's questions of faith every night. And the folks at Paulist Press said, that would make a great book. Plus, you've already answered all the questions. So you don't really have to write the book. 
Well, that, that sounded good. You're like, that sounds first, like a sweet deal. <laughs> a, you know, Chanel, when something's too good to be true, well, mm. that's what this was. So I did actually end up having to write. <laughs> there are questions that really did come in from people. But when I saw like the transcripts, they, they found like the tapes of the radio show, transcribed them through some software. And I'm like, is that what I really sound like? Oh, this is not book worthy. So I did have to clean it up a little bit. But yeah, no, I did. I worked in television and radio. I went to Syracuse University, majored in communications. Worked for MTV, HBO, and Comedy Central. And then at World Youth Day 1993 in Denver, Colorado, for the very first time in my life at age 28, felt a call to the priesthood. And that's when I started exploring this whole thing. People pointed me towards the Paulists. And uh, I was ordained and working as a regular old, you know, parish priest, campus minister priest, when they asked me to take on this ministry of media. And I've been doing it for 18 years. So wow. <laughs> I guess it's working out. <laughs> wow. I love that. That is so dope. Thank you for your yes. Um, we need lots of good priests. My dope yes. Yes, you are so dope. Uh, and we're best friends. We've made it. Look, in, in three minutes, y'all, it can happen. Now, if only I can get a good Catholic dude to have faith in me in the same amount of See time. That? Wouldn't that All just right. be amazing? I'm glad it's working with you. So that's amazing. And speaking of that, though, I love that part about World Youth Day and you just having this feeling that the Lord was calling you to something different. I would love to just hear a little bit more about that. And also, I used to live in Denver and I visited where World Youth Day was celebrated like two years ago. And it was so cool. Such yeah. a such a wonderful yeah. space. And I when I was there, I was thinking, I wonder what everyone here was feeling when this right. was happening. It must have just been so, so cool. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, I can tell you what a lot of the people were feeling that were not from there. They were feeling out <laughs> yeah. of breath. Oh, I That's imagine <laughs> that altitude will get you for sure. And it was in August. It was very hot. A lot of people passed out because they don't understand. I mean, I think we do today. This was 1993. It was w well before Chanel. Every person on the planet walked around with a two liter bottle of water, like oh. just chugging it all day. Amen. And so people weren't hydrating well enough mm. and so that's part of what they were feeling. But what, what I was feeling was that God was really moving in my heart. I mean, I wouldn't describe it as literally hearing a voice. Sometimes we'll hear some of the saints or some of the mystics of the church who had actual apparitions of the Blessed Virgin or in the case of like St. Faustina. She was like having conversations with Jesus like that she wrote down. Mm. I wouldn't say it was literally quite that kind of a call, but it absolutely was very clear to me. Over those four days, having never thought about priesthood before in my life, that at the end of those four days, I was definitely thinking about priesthood. So it, it, we went from zero to 60 in a fairly short amount of time. Some of the guys I was in seminary with and eventually later got ordained with had been discerning the priesthood ever since they were seven. So like, you know, 30 years and mine was like, you know, eight months, <laughs> but uh, God has different timetables for different people. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, Man, well, thank you so much for like being receptive to how God works because now you are spreading the gospel and that is like super hardcore. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for that. I was talking with you earlier before we started recording that I had a reversion when I was in high school and that mass was one of the, you know, mm -hmm. like most insane things for me to comprehend. You know, we need the gift of faith to <laughs> obviously you know, comprehend and really appreciate what's going on. And I had a micro, micro gift of faith, which is why I know that the Lord helped me to get through right. that. But right. I, oftentimes when I would sit in our church, I remember thinking like, wow, this is, um, I don't understand <laughs> what, like, what's going on. I remember thinking like, okay, 
can I go to mass more than once? Can I like do okay? People go during the weekdays. I was like, okay, so it's not just a Sunday thing. I was like, all of a sudden, okay, we're singing and now there's bells and now we're kneeling and standing. And then my friend took me, I went to Ave Maria in South Florida. It's a, a fairly uh, more like traditional liturgically yeah. school. Yeah. And I remember going to Mass there for the first time and going up to receive communion and there being kneelers and being like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I don't really. So in other words, you had lots of questions <laughs> yeah, about the Mass. Exactly. I was like, I'm not really I'm sure. I'm sorry that we didn't have the book earlier <laughs> yeah. for you, Chanel. I'm like, and what a, what a like resource this would have been back then. I'm sure yeah. it would have saved my youth minister who was answering every one of my questions at that time. But your book, Mass Class, Your Questions Answered, kind of goes through a lot of those questions. And I'm, and I'm curious as a priest and just as someone that's probably talked to a lot of people <laughs> on your own show about questions about the faith, what, what kind of questions do you normally get from people regarding the Mass? Like, is it just general confusion? Is it more specific things? And how do you, how do you explain the Mass to someone that just doesn't know what's going on? Well, in answer to your first question, it is a range of everything from sometimes minutia mm. that people will often say, Father Dave, I've had this. It always breaks my heart when I hear this. I've had this question for like 20 years and oh. now I finally get an answer. I'm like, why didn't you ask no. somebody? There's got to be somebody <laughs> to ask. I mean, I'm not the only person in the world who knows answers and things about the mess. But anyway, I'm, I'm grateful that they call into our show and they do finally get those questions answered. They've been having bubbling up for <laughs> 20 years or 30 years or whatever. So sometimes they're like little, you know, what is that thing? That was that part when you turn over here and you, you know, lift up your hand or <laughs> what's that little prayer there? But some of them are those bigger, weightier questions, hmm. like when somebody calls in and says, you know, I married a non-Catholic and he he's supportive of my faith and he comes with me to mass every Sunday, but he feels kind of alienated when we come up to communion and he's not allowed to receive. So what's that about? So, so everything from, or, or even like the super duper, you know, like head, what do they call it? Mind blown, the super duper mind blown emoji talking about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Like, mm. but it doesn't taste like flesh. And how can there be that much of his flesh all around the world every day? So, I mean, those big sort of, how do we wrap our heads around that question to all the way down to what's that little square piece of white paper called that you lay on the, on top of the chalice, you know? What's that? So everything, we get everything because as I often say, as Catholics, this is the most common thing we do together. This is this is our kind of lowest common denominator. Catholics come in a lot of different sizes and different cultures and different backgrounds. And But the mass is something that we all share. And so it stands to reason that we have the most interest in and questions about that. Mm, I love that. Yes, that's so true. And if you're thinking about something that we all do together all the time, definitely it's interesting to think that people will hold on to questions for so long yeah, <laughs> because yeah, it's like, yeah. wait, we, this is, oh my gosh, like right. we do this. B b because it sounds to me like you, when you were describing your reversion, when mm -hmm. you were a young person, you, these were bubbling up and you needed those answered pretty darn quick. Oh, absolutely. I was like, <laughs> okay, because definitely in high school, I was like, wait a minute, if I'm going to be a Catholic, which at that time, you know, Central Florida yeah. was just full of Baptists. Yeah. So I was like, if I'm going to be a Catholic, like I got to be the best. So I'm going to get all my questions answered. I'm on Catholic Answers every day. I'm like figuring it out. And I <laughs> asked tons and tons of questions, but I definitely had people around me that were like, 
adults that I would ask questions to that would say, you know, I was actually wondering the same thing, but I just never asked. So it's interesting. Well, that's an, that's an interesting definition of what St. Anselm, one of the great saints of the early church, Mm. he said that theology could be defined as faith seeking understanding. And I think this is even a generational thing, Chanel, because you're a young person. (laughs) And I think for for many generations before us, I'm not going to put myself in the same age category as you, but for many generations before, it was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't ask questions. This is just what we do. And this is how Mm. I was indoctrinated or raised or whatnot. And I would say that young people today probably quote unquote, do theology more. They, they, they maybe feel, as you called it, like a, what you call it, a micro gift of faith? Is that what you said? Mm, I just needed a yeah. micro gift, just a mustard Good seed. Mm-hmm. Right, a little mustard seed that there's less, let's say, satisfaction with it just being that. I would say your generation and younger, they do want to understand what they're doing. They want to, before they sort of label themselves or commit to something, they want to say, I want to be on board with all that. Whereas our parents and grandparents' generation, and then going back, you know, centuries, it was just kind of like, well, I'm Catholic. This is what we do. I don't know why we do it. Well, I'm just supposed to go there and kneel down. And mm. to, to the point where, and you probably heard stories like this, Chanel, our parents and grandparents' generation would show up at a movie theater and, and out of instinct would genuflect before getting into the aisle just because it's like it's all it's by rote. And Absolutely. that's not to say that's bad or that they didn't embrace it enough in their heart or whatever, but just generally or generationally, it's different where the, I do find that young people wanna wanna get the answers to these questions. I don't want to keep doing this if I don't know what I'm doing. This episode of Ave Spotlight is brought to you by Live Liturgically Planner. At Live Liturgically, they strive to help families bring peace to their homes with products that aid in bringing order and intention, which are two things that I love and am not necessarily the best at. Their flagship product, which is the Liturgical Family Wall Planner, is the first of many products that help families live with more purpose. This weekly planner is sold as a subscription product. You sign up once, you get a new wall planner on repeat for every three months. Definitely will keep you organized. See what three months using this calendar will do for your family. If it doesn't work for you, cancel your subscription at any time. You can try it now for 50% off your first planner with the code AVESPOTLIGHT50. This planner includes many things like a to-do list, a grocery list, a section to plan, Sunday mass times, and much, much more. I know for myself, I have such a hard time feeling organized and incorporating my faith in my daily life unless I see everything right in front of me. So make sure to check out the Live Liturgically Planner and use the code AVESPOTLIGHT50 for 50% off your first planner. I've spoken to so many priests that will say, you know, I've spoken to so many people from older people to younger people to young parents to middle-aged people, whatever. But specifically with younger people, we find that this Gen Z generation, we find that like they're asking really, really, really hard questions. And they're also less likely, very severely less likely to commit to something where they're not getting firm answers that are super, super clear. And so some people will say, oh, well, that means that, you know, our hope for the church is probably low because, (laughs) you know, because the kids are questioning everything and it just makes it harder, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that. I think that it's great. And, you know, we're all critical consumers of knowledge anyway as Catholics. So that's dope. 
So keep asking questions. I'm curious what you think, like as a priest, because you probably have so many people that ask you questions just walking up and down the street. What do you think of the youngest generation of the church that is able to take in information and actually respond to their faith in a particular way? Like what kind of hope do you have for them or what kind of what direction do you see them going in inquisitively? Yeah, not only do I have hope for them, I have hope for us as church mm. because what that does for all of us, I think that that benefits all of us, mm. that when some person of whatever age, but let's say in this case, a younger person asks an older person, why do we do that or why do we believe that? I would say that the majority of older people wouldn't just be like, well, I don't know, shut up, kid. They would be like, <laughs> huh. That's a that's You're a good right. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I'd like to know the answer to that too. I mean, I think it makes us stronger in our own faith of, across the generations. If there is somebody there, you know, stirring some things up and asking some questions so that we can be, I mean, I think honestly, there's more danger of people just being so uh, in malaise or by rote mm-hmm. that after a while, it just kind of fades away. We need to be able to, whatever generation we are, but certainly the, an older generation needs to be able to pass on the faith for many years, that was just like, go to CCD class. And it was like, okay, I will. And now it's passed on. <laughs> These days, it's not. Passing mm. on the faith requires more of us. We, those who are, you know, maybe a bit more firm in our faith, are, are forced to be more like evangelists, more like apostles, actually being able to bring, and not necessarily explain every theological nuance, sure. but being able to share the faith. Whereas, Back in the day, it was just like, all right, I'm dropping you off at religion class. Go, go, go. I'm going to go have a donut and come back and pick you mm. up at the end. It's like, that doesn't do it anymore. Absolutely. Yes. No, that's a word. But I do remember being dropped <laughs> off to those classes and between the veggie tales and the snacks, it was, it, it was it. I don't know if I retained anything else, but those were my favorite parts. Father, I'm curious, what, what is your hope for this book? What do you hope that people gain from it? What do you hope that it does to the church, for the church? I hope, and the the folks that look at the balance sheet at Paul's Press aren't going to like me saying this, but I hope <laughs> that once people read it, they find someone to give it to. Mm. Now, of course, if you want, you can buy another copy. That's fine. But the, the idea being that I bet that every person listening to us right now, because most likely if somebody's listening to this podcast, they're at least somewhat connected to their faith. Mm. But I also am fairly sure that they know people, maybe even a lot of people in their lives who are not as connected to their faith, not as practicing of the sacraments, not as even considering themselves a part of the church. So I would love it if, you know, dog-eared or highlighted or not, they find somebody to hand that book to. I'd love it even better if they go, here's my Christmas list. How many copies should I buy? Master <laughs> questions answered. But, you know, very seriously, the idea is that, sure, there's, there's folks who I think will benefit, I'm fairly sure will benefit because these are all taken from questions that were actually asked on the radio. Mm -hmm. So I hear the people after I answer them, you know, saying that it does in fact help whether or not they're going anywhere. There's people that will benefit who are, they're going to be going to church no matter what. But now, oh, I've got a little bit more. I understand that a little better. But they also know people for whom this might actually make a difference. I mean, I start the whole first chapter of the book is like, why go to mass? Mm. And several questions that have to do with that. What's with the Sunday obligation or why do we have to go? Or what's the, should I receive communion every time I go? Or what if I can't make it? Or all that kind of stuff, because those are not a given. They were a given for our parents and grandparents' generation. Mm. You just, that's what you do. You just go to mass. These days, people are asking, 
why? And so, I mean, that's an important place to start. And if you know somebody in your life who has that question, I'd say, Quickly read it yourself and then hand this book on to somebody else. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And we'll make sure to put all the notes about the book in our show notes so people can check that Great. out. And speaking of hope, as we round out this episode, I would love to ask you, what is something that is has given you hope this week or something that is going to give you hope in the future, something that you're looking forward to? If you need time to think about it, then do, I can go do, first. Do, do, yeah, do, there we go. Do. Some real pressure right now. So if you need time. No, I'm, I'm used to uh, thinking on my feet, Chanel. <laughs> so I, I think I should be okay. No, I mean, Advent is upon us and it is really my favorite season of the church year of all mm. the seasons that we do, like Lent and Ordinary Time and Easter. I love Advent largely because one of its major characteristics is that it is a season of hope. It is a season of looking forward. We don't pretend like we don't know Jesus is going to be born. Like, ooh, surprise, will it happen again this year? <laughs> no, but we put ourselves in a place of anticipating, looking forward to mm. the coming of Christ, which, yeah, in a way, Christ came, the incarnation happened 2,000 years ago, but isn't it so that every year, every week, every day of our lives, we invite Christ to come into our hearts, to come into our lives, to be, and every time we receive communion, as long as we're talking about the Mass, we say amen, which doesn't just mean, yep, I'm ready, tongue is out there. It means, truly, I believe, I welcome you. St. Augustine said that when we say amen, it's at least three things that we're saying. Yes, I believe, so it's not merely a test of loyalty. When the Eucharistic minister holds that host up and says, all right, do you believe? In the <laughs> it is that. I mean, that's part of it. We are saying, yes, I believe that's really Jesus. It is also saying, as Augustine said, you become what you receive. I am the body of Christ. It's not just about me. Mass is never about me and Jesus. It's always about we. So we are saying yes to we are the body of Christ. But also, thirdly, we're saying, I agree to take you, Christ, into my very self this week mm -hmm. and allow you to transform me in just as powerful a way as the transubstantiation that has happened here during the course of the Mass. And I think that's, that is that coming of Christ that we celebrate in Advent, not just a, let's look, let's make this an anniversary again after 2000 years. It is that, partially that. It's also, as we'll hear in the scripture readings, it's about Christ coming again at the end of time and big things are going to change when that happens. <laughs> but it's also the here and now, and it's about hope for the world and hope for our congregation and hope for my family and hope for me that I'll be able to continue to live this Christian life. So I'm very hopeful as we approach the season of Advent, Chanel. Wow, I love that. And I will retweet that as one of my hopes as well. Advent is mm. one of my favorite seasons because of its wonderful amount of hope and also because... <clears throat> I love Charlie Brown Christmas, and that seems like the most liturgically <laughs> appropriate time to watch it. So um, in a far less holier note than than yeah. you shared, but um, in the same vein, it's such a beautiful time that just really makes me feel like, especially here in Florida, it becomes cold and all the mosquitoes go back to their residency in hell. And it feels <laughs> like we can finally exist here. So yeah, so I, I definitely agree that Advent and that seasonal time is one of the most beautiful times on earth, I believe. Wonderful. So thank you so much. I would love to hear more about where we can learn more about you and what you're doing and where people can follow along with everything that you're doing. Sure. 
I mean, one thing I would be remiss if I didn't say, which is paulistpress.com. That's where you can pick up the book. Of course, you can find it on the big Amazon as well. It's over there. <laughs> but um, Busted Halo is, it, it's the website, but it, it really is a kind of a, a catch-all for all of our ministries to young adults and those that are kind of seeking the faith. Uh, we do Busted Halo video series on YouTube. We have, a, I think, a fairly strong presence on social media. Busted Halo is also the, the name of the radio show that I host on SiriusXM. But if you go to bustedhalo.com, you can see all of that. It's kind of a clearinghouse for all of our various platforms and ministries and a couple of other brands that we have that reach out to other folks. Young adult ministry in a box we have for those who are, want to create it at the parish level. So bustedhalo.com, the best place to go. Wonderful. And we'll make sure to put that in our show notes so peeps can check it out. Thank you so much, Padre, for being with us. It was so awesome to chat with you. And I hope that you have a wonderful night. For everyone listening, it's 8.30 Eastern time. So Padre is really rocking it. It is an hour (laughs) after my bedtime. So I am grateful for those that stay up late. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Chanel. Great to great to be with you. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to spotlight. I think what's important: asking questions about our faith. Ah, thank you, Father. Thank you, guys, for listening, and thank you so much to Father Dave for being our guest. Make sure to check out his new book, Mass Class, Your Question Answered, where he answers all your questions about the mass. It's a super great read, and I know that you guys will love it. We're so grateful to have had him on today, and we're so grateful for y'all for being our listeners. I look forward to talking with y'all at our next episode. In the meantime, please pray for me, and I will be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.